I finally achieved the one thing that many film reviewers want to do with their life, and that's make sure I see every goddamn Oscar-nominated movie ever. Boy, I'm tired. I'm also Mike. And I'm sometimes down. And this is Popscorn. Popscorn, the Fowl Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about every single goddamn Best Picture nomination for this year's Oscars. I am a very tired Mike. And I'm a relatively awake Darren, as um, in a weird twist, I have seen none of these movies. (laughs) (laughs) What, you haven't seen a single one? Are you kidding me? I have not seen a single Oscar nomination. We should have planned this before. (laughs) Well, we perhaps should have, but no, this is going to be your sounding board, Michael. You well, you have a lot of movies in your brain. I feel the need to ejaculate some of them all over the podcast goodness that is yes. our show. Um, so I'm here to be your sounding board. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't use ejaculate and then refer to myself as a sounding board in the same sentence. Um, <laughs> so ejaculate all over me. You're asking noms. Oh, Christ. Uh, so, Darren, there's there's multiple ways we could do this. We really shouldn't have prefaced this with an ejaculate. Yeah. Really. Um, we can either go by... Um, Length, girth, <laughs> fuck's sake, pause. <laughs> no, we can go uh, alphabetically uh, by my rating or by the list on Google. It's up I to mean, you. I'd go alphabetically so as to take any any and all aspersions as to which you want you think will win out. Okay, we can have a ranking at the end. I think. Yeah, how's that sound? That people? sounds good to me. Let's do it that way. Which means we will be starting, but we're just jumping into the by the way. I just wanted to say, I've seen so many goddamn movies over the past no. two months. So many movies. So many angry texts from you. Passive aggressive texts. Was like, <laughs> yeah. I've seen these movies. Like, Where's yours, Darren? It's like, I've seen Train Spotting. I've seen Split. I watched Rings, Darren. I paid money to watch Rings on the premise that hopefully <laughs> you'll be dragged to some shit nope. like that. No. <laughs> well, this thing and is... I've now got round to all nine fucking best picture Oscar nominations. And I'm very proud of you and your lack of morals and how you talk these I, I watched a lot of them. Okay, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get Moving that. on. Moving on. Well, what's first alphabet? I'm guessing Arrival. Arrival is first alphabetically so Am we'll I start Am I even going to know nine of these movies to guess what which one's coming next alphabetically? Is that, is, that, is that the game aspect? By the way, you need to think of a format for this otherwise it's just going to be me doing mini episodes. Well, no, no, no. You do mini episodes. Okay. And I'll chime in saying I wouldn't mind watching that or that sounds like horseshit. So do you want uh, me to try and you sell you the movies or something? Sell me the movies, Michael. Sell you Arrival. Pitch me. Dragon's Den. Pitch me some business. Okay. Pitch me Arrival. So Arrival is a sci-fi movie which is very much sort of... uh, How do I put this? It's very... uh, Oh, God. I'm doing a very bad job of selling this movie to you, aren't I, Darren? Um, It's good. Uh, It's very, very good. It's it's a movie that that, that really does play a lot of... um, and this is going to sound weird, of discovery and language. Now, now uh, ho- ho- bear with me. Uh, this is not an action movie. I just want to point that out. Arrival, it's very much billed as a, oh, God, aliens are here. What the fuck do we do movie? It doesn't really do a lot of that. Uh, the movie stars Amy Adams as our lead, who plays a, a sort of linguist and language expert, um, who gets brought onto a site where, well, one of 12 sites where an alien ship that kind of looks like a a peanut shell or like a, a, a nut shell has just arrived a phallic symbol you'd a phallic, say. phallic symbol ejaculating everywhere we're all on board with the dick jokes today <laughs> Jesus Christ um, should we classy with our Oscar podcast yeah apparently we <laughs> we wait until the Oscar podcast to break the <laughs> this dick this was the one for dick joke central <laughs> And um, so her and Jeremy Renner are brought on. Uh, Jeremy Renner is a scientist and she's a linguist to try and decode the alien speech because they have like a recording of like the, the the aliens have essentially allowed people to come on board their ship in a certain enclosed area. And it's their job to try and figure out how the fuck we communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And it goes to some really weird places. In fact, I need to bring up the... Um, Cast list. No, well, the cast list as well. But also, there's a number of things that this movie plays with. Now, Darren, do you want me to spoil anything about any of these movies? Um, I'm okay with mild spoilers. Okay. Uh, should we just give a general spoiler warning for the entire show? 
Yeah, there are some things that I have to talk about. Okay. Certainly with Arrival, unfortunately, it being the first one, there are some things I have okay. to talk about yes. in order to fully evaluate the movie So for just you. take it as gospel from here on out. There will be mild, hopefully not massive story spoilers, Michael? No, I won't go too heavy. Mild story spoilers, so I'll give you a mild spoiler alert. There it is. Um, so yeah, Amy Adams plays uh, Louise Banks, who's the linguist. Uh, Jeremy Renner plays Ian Donnelly, who's a theoretical physicist. They would have inaggressively attractive children. They would. So, uh, oh yeah, Forrest Whitaker's also in this. Who's an army general? He's great. He's doing that whispery, shouty thing again from um, uh, from Rogue One. No, he doesn't do that. Oh. He doesn't. He doesn't want to save the rebellion, <laughs> save the dream, which wasn't a line in the movie. Um, but that's that's not the focus here. The focus is, and this is why I wanted to bring it up because there's uh, so many things going on in this movie. Here's a few of the things that are not entirely explained, but delved upon quite realistically and scientifically. Go on. This movie tackles the zero-sum game theorem, exolinguistics, temporal paradoxes, Fermat's principle of least time, a logogram, determinism, and Novikov's self-consistency principle. I can't even spell. If you understand any of that, spoilers. <laughs> like by the end oh, of this movie, right, yeah, that's, okay. that's spoilers. The Sorry, fact, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> the fact that like it's it's working like with the ideas of like like free will. It really plays on the idea of free will a lot as well. Right. In a drama, it's playing with oh. this much science difficult. But Jesus Christ, is it compelling? Very, very compelling. The performance is put in. Now, I'm not the biggest Amy Adams fan. You've made this clear very many clear. times before. I'm not a fan of hers. Yep. But she's really good. And I think, actually, Amy Adams is probably about the only person I believe that could bring a genuine level of a conflicting humanity and otherworldliness into right. this performance. And does it really, really well. There's a point in this movie where where shit kind of... Doesn't really hit the fan, but there's a kind of a realisation of why the movie's been put together in the way that it has. Darren, right. you want to say something, don't does you? Does she have to walk around with a piece of paper with a drawing on saying, What is this? <laughs> this is a callback to a Batman vs Superman review. Yeah. Just hope you all remember that joke with the bullet in the back. Uh, I need to contribute in some ways, Michael. Yeah, it's be not a bit that. distressed if I don't talk for a little while. Is it bad that there's literally a point in this movie where she's got a whiteboard and a marker and she's written human on it and she's going, I am human! I am human! It's weird, like... They're trying to talk to the aliens. The aliens are fucking cool, by the way. Right. Like, do you get a good look at them? Yes and no. Oh. Are we talking like aggressive predator alien level deal or like E.T.? No, no they're really kind of weird. Do you think they're going to be aggressive predator alien to begin with? Right. Okay, spoilers, fuck it. So the aliens are these weird, like, you see them through like this big white screen. Yes. And they look like, like fucked up hands. They've got like six legs and they... they communicate in a way that is different. I'm not going to spoil how they, the way they communicate because that is one of the beauties things, like the most beautiful thing about this movie is communication and the resolution. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spoil any of those two, but I'll spoil what the aliens look like because fuck it. Um, so like they, there's weird like tentacle creatures. Yep. They're referred to as he- hectopods or something like that. They're cool. Uh-huh. Uh, but then there's the scene where Amy Adams gets to go the other side of the screen and meet the aliens in person. And it turns out that they were just like their spindly legs and that's the way they communicate. But they're big bulbous things with like a really weird little head at the top. Oh. The head hasn't got any features. It's just like this little like head-shaped thing. But that's... Okay, for some reason, I'm picturing Baymax. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a mix between... You played Skyward Sword. It's a mix yeah. between Baymax and The Imprisoned. Uh, oh, the big, the big thing with the toes. Yeah, right. the big fucker. Oh, uh, right. The big fuck with little legs. Okay. It looks like one of them. Right. It's weird. It's really weird. But uh, the way that this movie is shot... By the way, it's beautifully shot, by the way. The director for this movie is Denise Villeneuve, who has done uh, previously amazing-looking films like Sicario um, and others. We need to watch Sicario. Apparently really good. Oh, Prisoners. Prisoners is a really good movie. Uh, yeah, he's just done consistently good work. I think this is his best okay. because of the the scale of things that it tackles. And again, unfortunately, like a lot of people are being misled by the trailers, which is great because then when shit happens, which I don't want to spoil, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. And it's really, really good. And the way it plays with some um, scientific theories in terms of storytelling is really fantastic. Jeremy Renner's kind of the stinker here, which is a food of shame. Aww. Because he's not given enough to play with. Oh, okay. This is very much Amy Adams and the aliens. Right. Alien Adams. 
It's very much what's going on. Why is she always dealing with... Amy and the aliens. Why is she always dealing with hard to communicate with aliens? (laughs) What is this? (laughs) What is this? You have enough of this shit in fucking dealing with fucking mopey Superman. That's true. That's true. Okay, you've you've sold you've sold a rival to me. I, that was probably the one of all these Oscar movies I was like the most annoyed I hadn't seen. Yeah, I will say when the I say I don't want to call it a twist, but when the revelation happens, yes. there's a part of me that I don't know how quickly you'll see it coming. But when it came, when it when the realization dawns on you, it tries to break down its revelation in like sections, which right. is a bit of a shame. It's like oh fuck. It's gone for a three oh fuck moments when they all just happen at once. For me right. anyway. So I would like you to watch it. I I, I intend to get into it eventually. I certainly think don't go into expecting a big alien sci fi battle. It doesn't happen. Okay. This is very much a sci fi drama. Excellent. You've sold me on that one. That's I'm I'm gonna put that near the high end of the list of what I want to watch. Now what's next Maggle? Uh next up will be Oh we're going Fences? Yes. Hey Fences. This didn't need to be a movie. That's, I, I, that's, that's 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 pretty much the only criticism I have of it. Didn't Screen Junkies just say it was a it was a a like a theatre play that um oh, what's his face Denzel just decided to film. Pretty much, right. that's the only way I can describe this movie, which is a bit of a shame because the performances are out fucking standing. Right, they're really really good. Denzel himself, I will. I could easily be swayed if if some somebody from the like near future came back in time a few weeks to go Denzel wins it. I'm like. Yep, I know. He's got right. it in the bag. He's great. Does it make it for the Book of Eli? Oh, God. In so many ways. Fantastic. In so many ways. Uh, so, yeah, Fences is actually um, just a straight adaptation of a play. Um, oh. Yeah. So it was just a, a theatre play that yeah, it was. Yeah, it was straight up a theatre play based on uh, Fences, of course, uh, by playwright August Wilson. Um, it also stars Viola Davis and Stephen Henderson and a couple of presumably unknowns, I'm guessing. Yeah, you're going to have to sell me on Viola Davis because I could not stand her in Daredevil. Oh, you're not a Viola Davis fan? No, not Daredevil. What am I thinking of? Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Who knew that, that contained two Oscar-nominated people? Yeah. Which is weird, odd, but there we go. Oh, yeah, now, we've got, we've got to come back to Mahesha yeah, Ali. I'm yeah. not sold on Viola. I really couldn't stand her in Luke Cage as, uh, as, as evil uh, Oprah. I'll be honest, like, it doesn't matter who's in this. If I can't sell you on just literally just performances, then I can't sell you on fences, which is a shame. Like I said, because Denzel gives in a good performance, Viola Davis gives in a good performance. My favorite character of this um, movie is uh, Jovan Adepo as uh, Corey Maxson, who's um, his son. Right. Like uh, Denzel plays a character called Troy Maxson. Who's what's like, it about? It's about. Do they build some fences? Well, if I was going to put it in a sentence, it's two and a half hours of Denzel Washington hating everything, including his son. But really... So like a long extended version of One Foot in the Grave? Yes! <laughs> where where Denzel's playing Victor Meldrew. Yeah, Den- oh, Den- You've sold. Done. <laughs> <laughs> no. They are might as well face the truth. They are too long in the tooth. Oh, God. Okay, so in this episode of One Foot in the Grave, Denzel is... Um, he's like an old, he's like an older guy, and he's got a couple of kids, but he's trying to do right and live a good life in like nineteen fifties America. So he's he's not got the best job. He's just a trash collector. Right. He used to play in. I've got to say this out loud because it said a lot in the movie. He used to play in the Negro leagues. Fuck. Oh ha! Play, oh. play baseball in the Negro leagues. Everyone's woke but, up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he 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 wasn't he wasn't allowed. To, well, he wasn't allowed. To, he didn't think he could go pro, so he didn't go right, pro. Okay. That's kind of a harboring resentment that that's making him embittered towards things, right. including his son. Mostly his son. It's got to be said because his son wants to grow up and be a football player and wants to play in the major leagues. He's like, you know, it's not going to happen. No. You should do what I say. And it, a lot of this movie is Denzel ordering his family around. So whilst he's incredibly charismatic and he's full with like a lot of wisdom gems. He's also a complete asshole. So he he dances that line really, really finely, and that's why I think Denzel deserves to, so to win this one. So you're saying it's a good adaptation of One Foot in the Grave? Yes, it's Fantastic. a really good adaptation of One Foot in the Grave. I, I can deal with that. But it doesn't need to be a movie. It gains nothing from, from being turned into a film. It This easily could have been, like, you know we get those simulcast things where, like, yes, a player yes, gets yes. put on, just do that. Do that with the all-star cast. Do that with the all-star yeah. cast, and that would be perfect. In fact, I would I would pay top dollar to see this cast do a one-off theatre yeah. performance of it. I imagine it would be hella expensive. But okay. these guys... I mean, the guy they've got to play one of the characters in this, um, he plays Jim Bono, who's uh, Troy's friend. Stephen Henderson was in the original staging of this play. 
Oh, right. It's playing the same character. Oh, that's cool. Which is kind of awesome. So, and Stephen Henson's great, by the way. Right. He's a really, really good character. Well, I, I, I want to put that further down the list because I'm just not sold on Viola Davis and it doesn't seem like my type of movie. But, it's, you know, he's got me with the, one, with the one foot in the grave. Yeah, um, yeah, but do you want to see Denzel Washington talking about the time he literally fought the Grim Reaper? I'm, I'm, yes. It's in the movie. He literally fights the Grim Reaper. No, he tells a story about how he literally fights the Grim Reaper. Was that him reliving, like, reshoots on Book of Eli? Maybe. I think it's just him on a bad coke trip, but, you know. Either one way, foot in the grave. Yeah, yeah, it's one foot in the grave. One foot in the grave. Okay, next up, uh, La La Land? Willie B. Hang on. We really should have uh, fixed this. Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Hello High Water. Hello High Water. Yeah. Wasn't this one the kind well, of Well, actually, snooky? no, te- technically... Okay, we'll do Hello High Water. I've, I looked at it wrong. It should be Hacksaw Ridge next. But oh, we'll okay. do Hello High Water. Yeah. This one just snuck in out of nowhere, which right. was really, really weird. Um, very much the, the underdog of this entire category. Because yeah. wasn't it just like a throwaway Chris Pine Western movie? Mm, in a sense, yeah. It's very, it's very set in a genre, which I'm going to talk about another movie later on that's set in a genre in a bad way. But this is very much set in a sort of like a neo-Western genre. And it's about um, a, two brothers who go around robbing Texas banks in order to save um, the, their ranch, which is held in sort of like a weird holding trust fund thing. Right. That Basically, that if they don't pay up a certain amount, they lose the ranch. And they've just recently discovered that there's oil on the land. Mm-hmm. So um, Chris Pine's character wants to save that uh, for his children. Uh, and his brother has just got out of prison. He's like, we should just go rob banks. It's going to be the easiest way. We will literally be robbing them and giving their own money back. It's the best kind of justice there is in this world. And from there, and then the dude chases them down. So it's all cool. The dude. Oh, Jeff Bridges is in Jeff this. Bridges in this movie. Oh, okay. And he's goddamn badass. Hey, this guy did not get a nomination. I will never know. This is the thing about Hell or High Water, though. In the fact, not only by merit is it the shortest of the movies up for contention for Best Picture, so it gets a fucking big pass from me just by being succinct. <laughs> it's just really, really good. It's just flat out a great movie. Again, nothing outstanding, but the way that it's shot, it's you can track everything. Again, this is not coming from the bi- uh, the Michael May. What the fuck? <laughs> the Michael Bay School of Action Directing, where there must be twelve cuts to show one thing. It's very fluid, it's very funny, and it's very well acted. Darren, Ben Foster, Mediv, uh, apparently that was his name, in Warcraft, the shitty guy who went evil for no the particular Warlock reason. Warlock dude. Warlock dude. Oh, right. He's great in this film. He plays a nutter. He's great. So you say Ben Foster, I just think of the Albion goalkeeper. He's always thrown me off a bit. Yeah, yeah, sh- he was I... awful in, in Warcraft, so... Yeah. Hmm. He's great in this movie. He play, I can't remember which brother he plays, so I'm about to look it up. But he plays one of the two brothers, the, the one who's just got out of prison, is just okay with just everything going haywire. Right. And it's awesome. Their relationship's great because they, they're obviously like very close as brothers. But it's a case of the one's just so okay with committing crimes and we're just okay with shooting dudes or whatever. It, is it like an action-y type? Is it the most action-heavy of these movies? Um, No. No, it's not the most action-heavy. Well, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge yeah, is in okay. this contention. But if Hacksaw Ridge were not there, I suppose, yes, it would be. But here's a way of putting it that I didn't think would sound good. And it doesn't sound good on paper. The fact that this movie is slower paced methodical planned and thought out is the reason it makes such a good action movie Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day this kind of action is not you know literally groundbreaking world opening stuff it's two brothers robbing small banks across the state of texas whilst the dude chases them okay and the the final shootout as it was is less than 10 dudes and it's brilliant. It's genuinely great. So Jeff Bridges plays um, Marcus Hamilton, a Texas Ranger, who's just about to near retirement. Um, don't worry, that's not an omen. Okay. Um, and he's like, I'll, I'll take on this case. We can do it. It's not a problem. Uh, Chris Pine and Ben Foster play the Howard twins. That's uh, Toby and Tanner, respectively. And there's a couple of other people in this movie who really aren't worth mentioning. But uh, Marion Ireland plays Debbie Howard, who is Chris Pine's estranged wife. Uh, who is the one looking after the children. They don't do a lot in this movie, to be honest. The main focus is Ben Foster and and, uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine actually playing a role which 
would not traditionally be reserved for a man of his age. It's he's, he's certainly playing up in terms of age. All right. And it suits him down to the ground. How does he do? Because people go back and forth, including yourself on Chris Pine as an actor. I do. I really liked him in the first Star Trek film, and then the second one I didn't like him as much. And then in other stuff, when he was in, we showed up in the Into the Woods movie adaption, I hated him. Mm-hmm. He's great in this film. Oh, awesome. 100% believable, really sympathetic, and the fact that his story ends where it does is it it just really fits the tone it really fits what they're going for i just really really liked it it was a breath of fresh air in what is an otherwise depressing slew of movies the fact that there's so much enjoyment to find in so little happening mm-hmm. is truly awesome there's a scene in the casino when you eventually watch it darren there's a scene in the in the first casino they go into which is just fantastic and you will love it Awesome. Okay, I'm going to do that. So, Hacksaw Ridge is next. It is next. Now, this is this is high up on the list, so you're not going to have to do much to sell me on this, but go for it. Oh, so you're already interested in this movie. I am interested in Hacksaw Do you want Ridge. me to make you less interested in this movie? Go on. Do you, want, do you know one, like, much like... Okay, I've already told you about one of the surprise cameos in one of these Oscar movies. Yeah. Do you know who's in this movie? Go on. Vince Vaughn. You know what? Oh, wait, no, I have seen him in the trailer. Yeah, Vince yeah, Vaughn. Yeah. Vince okay. Vaughn's in this movie, and he's really good. Everyone is really good in this movie. This movie made Vince Vaughn good. Damn. That's strong 2017 Vince Vaughn as well. Yeah, 2017. Not early 2000s Vince when we were all po- on board. A post-Sandler Vince Vaughn. Fucking and he's Christ. great in this movie. Okay. Adam Garfield plays the main character of Desmond Doss. Uh, this is a true-to-life story of a pacifist who goes out to Okinawa in Japan not to fight in the war, but to save people. Uh, and it tells his story of how he goes from sort of like a uh, s- small town, middle America, to the great Second World War. Uh, and how he sticks to his pacifist principles from point A to point B, the whole length of the movie. Right. This is not one that I thought would affect me as much as, as it did. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh great, it's a war movie done by Gibson, so it's going to be bloody, it's going to be gritty and realistic. Gibson? No, Gibson did this. No, Gibson directed this movie. Oh, there he goes again. But it's good. Here's the thing, that's the the twist. It's fucking phenomenal. Say it all about Mel Gibson, but the son of a bitch knows story structure. Yeah, he That works. (laughs) It really works. Um, What's what's amazing is that, because I do like to do my research about these movies, and I was looking into how true to life this movie was. Nerd! I know, I know, I know. But it's important for when I come to talk about another movie in this list. It's very important. Um, There's a slight exaggeration with the final act. It's very, very slight exaggeration. But this dude, Desmond Doss, seriously... There's a jetpack. There's a jetpack. Yeah, minigun jetpack from Kick-Ass comes into it. That'd be badass. No, genuinely did save hundreds of people. Uh And may or may not have cost them the victory of Okinawa. Like, him alone. Right. It's it's a wow. super interesting story. Um, other cast members include Sam Worthington, who doesn't suck, uh, which wh- is weird. What? Yeah. Hugo, Hugo Weaving, who really doesn't suck, he plays um, Desmond Doss's dad. Right. And holy shit, I would like to have seen more of that character. It's a shame, because obviously Desmond Doss is the hero. And, and so, so the Red School gave birth to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Mm. we're crossing the streams here. It's getting okay. a bit weird. Um, who else is in this movie that is worth mentioning? I think that's about it, actually. But everyone's really good. Who plays his wife? His wife's awesome. Uh, Teresa Palmer is great as, as Desmond Doss's I've wife. I've heard Palmer. of her. What's she been in? Um, let me double check. Um, Look at her. Teresa Palmer has been in Warm Bodies, Lights Out, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Iron Number 4, and Point Break. She was... Yeah. And Triple Nine. Was she was... So is she the main woman from... I assume, um, warm bodies. I, I assume so. Okay. Possibly. Cool. She was nice to look at. Yeah, she was, and she's really good in this movie. I like warm bodies. Like I said, this cast is great, and it includes Sam Worthington and Vince Vaughn. That holy balls! I should <laughs> be selling you. Good God! Um, yeah, this was this is this is up there. This is challenging arrival for that top spot of like I really want to go and see this. Here's something um, I didn't think I'd find myself saying. Go on. It, if I hadn't watched Fences, I would have given Best Actor to Andrew Garfield. Wow. Yeah. The guys come far from, from Spider-Man. Must I be mean, said. He, was, he was a good Spider-Man. He was yeah. a bad Peter Parker. That was the problem. He's a good... Um, 
what's the word? He's a good pacifist. He works really well. He's a man of conviction, and you see that from second one of this movie. He's great. Mm -hmm. Um, The action is really, really well done. And yes, it's a movie that doesn't shy away from the gore because this is Gibson. But I feel like because he's going to train as a combat medic, and that's the only thing he's going to do, it really works in his favour. It needs the gore. You see him what he overcomes. There's a shot in this film where it's the sick bay like slowly filling up with people that Doss is saving and they're all in and but the things they're all like what the fuck we've been saved by one guy who wouldn't hold a rifle at all mm-hmm. it's phenomenal it's so well put together and the end of this movie it's not a tear jerker as such but it's you want to cry tears of pride for the guy really you do you you really get invested in Doss's story and how everyone rallies around him, like his friends in the army, like they see his devotion to saving lives. Even his dad, who's like horribly abusive and is the reason that he's a pacifist, comes around and helps him at the last minute so that he can stay on campus and do the training and become a medic. Right. It's just really good, Darren. It's really good. Now, you've sold me on that one. There wasn't much setting to be done, but I am on board with Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Even if it's Mel Gibson... um, Oh, Mel, why is he going to be so good at directing? Why can't he be bad at that so we can all just push push him out on a boat? Like give him a Viking funeral even though he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of it. But now oh, he's, a, he's a good Mel. director now, so we've got oh, to keep him. Oh, he is. He's going to do Suicide Squad 2, apparently. <laughs> I know. God. Maybe they'll be fighting the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> oh, Christ. I've got to cut that out. Um... There are only Jewish supervillains they can fight. <laughs> oh, God. So, next, I think there's actually three movies all beginning with H, because yeah. I forgot about Hidden Figures, which I think I'm actually going to watch. You're going to watch Hidden Figures? I am I am scheduled to go and watch it next weekend. Oh, yes. fantastic. You are going to watch one of the movies off this list. Fantastic. Unfortunately, you've picked the worst one. Oh. Now, this is not... Now, here's the thing, right? Oh, I... here comes the tightrope again. I know. I know why Hidden Figures is in this category, and I know why it's in Just contention. don't... We all know it, Michael. Don't say it out loud. It's I don't fine. have to. You know why it's in here. Let me tell you why it betrays the fact that it's in here. Okay. Because, you know, I talked about the the how historically accurate that they got on Hacksaw Ridge. Yep. Prepared that to be thrown out the fucking water for Hidden Figures, because I've done my research, and there are three major points in this movie where there are really good performances, it must be said. Right. And I'll come to the cast in a minute. There's some really good performances and really tense, invested, investable moments mm-hmm. that are completely ruined by the fact that they're 100% made up. Um. On a Based on a true story. I mean, you've seen the posters. It's, it's going like, meet the women behind... The, the mission that you already know. Like, yeah. It's, it's bringing women in science and black women in science. and It's, like, it's all great. It's like, which would be fine if you weren't lying. Oh. And therein lies the problem. However, it's not just in the message that it falters. It falters in the fact that it's too pigeonholed into a genre. Right. This is a movie where it's based on real-life events. It's based on a non-fiction book, also called Hidden Figures, that betrays the friggin' book by making it a melodrama about... Black Middle America, mm-hmm. which during the space race, and, and again, setting wise, I can see why this actually makes a really good movie. They didn't do it though. What, right. what they made is a, a a very sort of racial and sexual positive movie, and it's very mm-hmm. upbeat. And apart from the moments where it doesn't need to be upbeat because oppression. Okay, uh, I'm just going to clarify here. Yes. I know you haven't read the book. But this isn't Watchmen read, Syndrome. I've ro- read extracts of the book. Is this Watchmen Syndrome speaking? How do you mean? In that you're you're annoyed at the movie more so for not adapting history and or the book correctly as opposed to its merit as a No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come into why it doesn't work as a movie. Right, okay. But I'm just saying there are moments... Come into it, back to the dick jokes. Hey. No, like, the things that happen in this movie, and there's a big turning point. This is going to sound really weird out of context, but there's an entire speech about going to the toilet. Um... I've seen the trailer. They hacked down the sign for the yeah. toilet, don't they? That didn't happen. Oh, that's in the book, and it says like the the main the main character again. We'll get I'll get onto the names. I'm really bad with names, but our our lead female um, talks about this in the book and says I just used the 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 whites only bathrooms because no one seemed to mind because I was working. And right. they make this whole thing about it in the. They didn't need movie. Kevin Costner to get a crowbar to the sign. No, they right. didn't. Kevin Costner's in this movie, which is also weird. <laughs> but like, what's wrong with Kevin Costner? He's okay. We're, but we're, we're back to liking Kevin Costner. He's not the first year book. You know what I mean? No, but he's been he's been quietly picking away at just being a good actor. Yeah, he like has. he was in that one about uh, oh, the the stat one last year. 
it's like American football stats or betting stats or something. It was apparently like a really like hard line. You need to know football at the back of your hand. But he was apparently very good in it. So oh, right, okay. Either way, the, the movie fabricates stuff in order to aid its message, which is really a problem. Not helped by the fact that every single white person in the movie is a fucking asshole. Like, flat it. Apart from Costner, who, if you really want to get into the politics, is technically playing the white saviour character. So I've read. But, like, everyone's an asshole, just for no reason. I don't know for... if I'm ready for Sheldon Cooper to be an asshole. <laughs> Sheldon Cooper's a huge racist in this movie, and it's really, really uncomfortable. That's disconcerting. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the N-words are thrown around like nobody's business. It's it's not cool. Oh. It's not cool. But what's not cool is, is the way that they've made the movie. So, Pharrell Williams... Is 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 a producer on this movie? He's going to be in it. No, he's not in it. Well, technically he is because he's got original songs in this movie. You know that movie set in the goddamn fucking fifties. Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams' original songs playing over multiple sequences in this movie for no good reason. Are they good, Pharrell? Williams? No, they're not. It's fuck. It's so out of place. And the editing is fucking horrendous. Like you keep wiping your eyes, Michael. This movie are you pissed tired me off. Or are you just angry? It, it, I'm really angry. I'm angry because I wanted this one to be good. I'm like, okay, so we've got sort of like a a, a positive message story about yeah. women in science. I'm like, I want to see this. We and all behind that idea. Yeah, and it's and it's about the space race, which I think was a really cool period of history and one that. I think needs to be revisited more because it was just it was all about advancement in technology and they made it into a friggin drama and it's not a good drama it's too pigeonholed and it's very much like like here meet the sto- women the, the story of the women behind the Nash shuttle but mostly about her getting married for fucking reasons oh okay and mostly about one of them having a crush on a white guy that goes nowhere for reasons Okay, I'm going to come to the cast now because I actually do need to give them uh, okay. their dues because they are great. They are really, really good. I imagine that because apparently, oh, one of the women that this book is based on and this movie is mm-hmm. therefore based on is still kicking around at the age of like 93 or oh, something fair like plan. that. Fair play. Did they give her a cameo? Uh, no. Well, she gets a shout out at the end, but Aww. she doesn't get a cameo. She could have been someone's mom. That would have been cool, actually, or someone's grandma because mm. she is old as fuck. But she's cool as fuck. It's just a shame that they misconstrued her words in this movie. I'm right. just about to get the cast list up. It's taking fucking forever. Okay, that's fine. I will talk about um, um, some things. That Don't I can bother, see. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, our main character is played by uh, Taraji P. Henson, who's Catherine Goebel, um, or Catherine Johnson, if you want to take her post-marriage name. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Octavia Spencer, who's up for Best Supporting Actress, should get it. She'll get it. She should get it. Right. She plays Dorothy Vaughan, who's like a mathematician and supervisor. Her thread is probably the best in the film. Right. She's just in about the in, <laughs> in the film. In the film. She becomes a Swedish chef. Oh, great. sweet. Okay. <laughs> cool. Because it's all about... It's all Muppet about... origins. She's smart as shit and wants to accept more responsibility and become a supervisor right. and be the first person to assume that level of power and the first, first woman and first black woman to do it. Mm-hmm. So her thread's great. Um, you got Janelle Monet as Mary Jackson, who I really didn't enjoy. Like, I, I don't see why people defend Janelle Monet. I don't think she's a great actress. Her story thread goes fucking nowhere. Uh, Kevin Costner is fine. He's okay. Kirsten Dunst is racist as fuck. Jim Parsons is racist as fuck. Kirsten Dunst? Yeah, Kirsten oh. Dunst in this movie, and she's racist as fuck. <laughs> There's just so many people. Mahershala Ali shows up. Again, because okay. he's in everything now. Cool. He's in two nominate, Oscar-nominated movies and also uh, Luke Cage. He was so good in Luke Cage. He's so good. And he's so good in this, with what character he unfortunately has to play as. He plays the military officer who uh, later marries our main character. And again, is the main plot thread of the fucking movie for reasons... So what you're saying is... Don't watch it, Darren. It's fucking terrible. I gathered as Okay, much. it's not terrible. Compared to really bad... Okay, in a year... Because this came out in America in 2016. Mm-hmm. It's coming out this year for us. So. Okay, this it's out now. It's out now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in, if I had to say go watch two movies and you have to choose between this and Suicide Squad, choose this because it's a better movie. <laughs> right. It's it's not... High praise, eh, Michael? The thing is, it stands amongst movies that haven't had as much praise they deserve for the Oscars. Okay. Right, let's let's move on. I fucking hate this. <laughs> we've, we've shone a light on the hidden figures. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. So I'm guessing next is The Big Boy. 
He's the one who everyone's talking about. He took the country by storm a few weeks ago. It will be. I'm guessing it's La La Land. Yep. And I want to hear your opinion because this is this is the this is ironically the one that sat on the fence. Really? Whereas fences is not sat on the fence. No. This is the one where I was like, well, if enough people, including yourself, tell me it's good, I might consider watching it down the line. If not, I can I can live with it and have a music. Have I told you my opinions on this movie before? I don't think if you have, I forgot about them. Oh, okay, fair enough then. Do you want to be surprised? Go on. You won't be because I fucking love it. It's oh. great. 100% mm. should win Best Picture. You are a theatre nerd. I am all. a theatre But I, I am I am a movie nerd as well. That, that too, okay. And this is the biggest throwback to the glory days of the Hollywood. That keeps ha- they keep saying that. I did media. They were scumbags. No, and here's the re- I know. But here's the reason why it will win. Right. It's a movie about movies. And Hollywood loves movies about how great fucking Hollywood is. Look at Argo. It was... It was actors saving the world from terrorists. Did Argo win the best picture? Of course it fucking did. It was actors saving the world to from fair, terrorists. Argo was really good, though. So. Yeah, Argo was good, but it was actors saving the world okay, from yeah, terrorists. Yeah. This is about Hollywood Emma in the Stone saving us from terrorists? I mean, no terrorists oh. in this one. Mainly just, I don't know, millennial depression. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of heavy um, notes to La La Land, but the fact that it's so upbeat and jovial and the songs are great, it's shot beautifully. I am... Thoroughly convinced, I've yet to see evidence to the contrary, that the first maybe ten minutes of this movie is one shot. Oh. The first opening number, all done on this highway, Don't. is one beautiful, sweeping, colourful shot. Don't People dancing on cars. Tempt media nerd Darren with one shot camera tricks. Like I say, oh, I'm not entirely convinced. God. I think it, I think it is. There are opportunities where I think they could have done a cut, but I I couldn't I couldn't mm. see it. <laughs> you know, I like that business. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's so. Oh, good. Right. how are the songs? Really, really good. Like, there's not a lot of them in a musical. It doesn't have a lot of songs. The ones it does have are pretty fucking great. Okay, my favourite one is called. Um, Waste of a Lovely Night which is really really fucking good mm-hmm. it's the one it's the song and dance number that comes from the posters so you've seen it where it's like the beautiful sort of like purple yellow and white colour scheme and it's them two dancing on the hill overlooking um, yeah. Hollywood it's that bit oh Jesus Christ it's good but the <coughs> oh, excuse me the one that's probably going to win the Oscar for best original song is um, City of Stars which is mm-hmm. a, a nice song it's not a technically deep song mm-hmm. much like most of the other songs in this movie, especially the opening number, Another Day of Sun, which is really, really, really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Gosling and Emma Stone. Yeah. Both great. Oh, they would make aggressively attracted children. They, they would make the ubermensch child. Mm. It would be ridiculous. Mm. So much charm. I know. So much charisma. Mm. And probably so much acting talent, because they're both great. There's a scene in this film where Emma Stone goes to an audition and um, to use the words of Mark Kermode, um, because I actually do agree with his review of this movie, like, he, he, she delivers, like, a Brando-esque masterclass in acting and then doesn't get the gig. And this is in the first ten minutes, that's not a spoiler. Um, Because it's all about, she's a struggling actress and he is a a, a jazz muso, as you will. He's trying to preserve jazz. Oh, God. Yeah. Vaughn Gosling must be good if you can make people care about jazz. I was going to say, prepare to love jazz. Get the fuck out of my Seriously, life. prepare you to love tired. jazz. I know I'm tired. But, like, prepare to love jazz. This movie will do it. I can't think of a bad thing about this movie except for the fact that it ended. It ended, I wanted to watch it again. It's mm. that good. There are some really beautiful scenes. Like, you can tell that they're done in studios. They freaking have to be. They look great. And there's some beautiful on-location work. The scene that I was talking about with my favourite dance number is shot on location in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, they okay. actually had to tap dance on that rocky ass road. Oh, it was so cool. Play. It's so good. It's so well put together. David Giselle knows his niche. His niche is making movies about music, or movies about movies. Which he did uh, Whiplash, didn't he? Right. Whiplash, which is a movie I didn't catch. Me neither. I eventually caught it. It's fucking great. I mean, Jay Jonah flinging chairs at shitty Reed Richard is is my bag. So <laughs> yeah, like that's the one movie I can enjoy Miles Teller in. Because other than that, I hate him. But there's nothing that to hate about La La Land. Oh, it's hmm. it, it's got to win. It's got to win. If it doesn't win, it's an injustice. You kind of ruined my end game there. I was going to try and guess your ranking, but there we go. No, uh, I mean, there's still all to play for. There That's is. number one. I can't. I, I can't review that movie and not say that it's brilliant because okay. it's brilliant. Well, next up, because um, be... we, we've had a lot. Of, we're going to talk about La La Land, I presume, at the end because we already know it's your favourite. Yeah. But that would be Lion. It would be. Asterix time. Yeah, Asterix time. I have seen all the movies, or by the time the Oscars come round, 
I will have seen all the movies. Lion is, I'm, I'm planning on seeing it. Um, so, so what we're going to do now is cut for a few minutes over to future, future Mike, who's actually going to give us that review and tell us whether or not it affected the standing. I don't think it will, but take it away, future me. What up? It's the future version of Mike who has now actually seen Lion and therefore can talk about it. Uh, I did see this a couple of days before the actual Oscar ceremony itself. Uh, so this is the movie that is now the freshest in my mind. But um, yeah, this movie didn't do great at the Oscars in the end, did it? And and there's no particular reason why that is other than the competition that it was up against was pretty stellar. Now, that's not to say that Lion is a bad movie. By no way is it a bad movie. It's actually a very beautifully shot movie um, directed by Garth Davis, who this is I'm pretty sure this is his uh, directorial debut, at least for um, feature length movies. So, you know, good on you, Garth. That's that's really good. Um the one thing that I really liked about Lion was Dev Patel, which is really unfortunate because it kind of feels like, uh, at least me and my uh, delayed perception of time, that this movie is very much a movie of two halves. The first half, maybe 50 minutes of it, is dedicated to uh, the child story of, of Dev Patel's character, um, Salou Briley. Um, obviously, it comes to be called Salou Briley later on in the movie due to being adopted by an Australian family, who, weirdly enough, the mother is played by Nicole Kidman, who isn't too bad, but isn't standout, which, you know, I suppose comes to the fact that she was not nominated for an award for this. This is very much Dev Patel's movie, and he is great as the older Saru Briley, where you pick him up, he's uh, at university, he's in a relationship uh, with this American girl, uh, who's played by Rooney Mara, who's really lost in the shuffle in this film, which is... A bit of a shame, really. Now, I, I do feel like Rooney Mara can do better. It's not to say that she was doing a bad job. She just wasn't a standout performance. And really, that's the kind of... The whole feel about I get about Lion is that it was pretty good, but none of it was standout. Like I say, the first 50 minutes being set entirely in India, um, in subtitles, was a bold choice. I don't think it's one that particularly paid off that well, but it was important to set in this character. I like the fact that the movie had the balls to just play all chronologically. Um, it set up all of uh, Saru's story and then did the time jump forward where it felt necessary and we felt like we had enough information uh, to piece together the actual action of the story, which is Saru uh, tasting a, an Indian delicacy and suddenly getting the desire to trace his roots back. Uh, Saru, as a child, was lost as such. Uh, he got onto a train um, under the guidance of his brother looking for shelter that night. Uh, the train took off, he ended up in Calcutta, and a calamity ensues, uh, and he ends up getting adopted by uh, this Australian couple. So, yeah, it's fine, I guess. It's a decent enough movie. I certainly don't think that it deserved to win Best Picture, which I suppose is good that it didn't. And that's really all I have to say about it of note. I just think Dev Patel deserves more opportunities to show off what a great actor he has and what great range he does. And fair play to the director, Garth Davis, for his directorial debut. He's created a very beautiful-looking movie, one that does fill you with a lot of emotion and, in some senses, a lot of dread as well. The ending bit, for me, was just a bit too much on the ringing every emotion out of you. It kind of felt like it really wanted to get the full gamut out of you in such a short space of time. Uh, no spoilers, but there are a few revelations at the end of the movie that even I was going, okay, this has gone past being emotional and into being cliche. But th this is very few and far between, and mostly it's just padded out towards the ending, which I did feel was a little bit overkill. Overall, not the best thing I saw in the Oscar movies. Very much middle of the table, but very passable. And a good-looking movie, to say the least. <sighs> there we go. Boy, well, I was right about La La Land for a second, wasn't I? Just those few brief seconds. What a fuck-up. Thanks for that, future me. So, that Handsome was Lion. Devil. Yeah, he's a cool guy. I like him. Okay, that was Lion. That was Lion. Cool. And, and that did or didn't affect my standards. <laughs> that was good and or bad, leading appropriately. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, I think Moonlight is next? Moonlight will Oh, wait, be... no, Manchester by the Sea would be next. Ah, yes, Manchester by the Sea. Manchester by the Sea. Uh, a shocking movie, really, because I was set up to hate this one. Oh. It's Casely Marbles in My Mouth Affleck. 
mm-hmm. trying to act his way through nearly two and a half hours of de- just sheer depression. Spoiler alert, it's brilliant. Okay. It's really, really fucking good. I was I, I was set up to hate it, but I must admit Casey Affleck actually did bring me in. Um, he plays a character who has to deal with a bereavement in the family, a bereavement of his brother to be more specific, uh, and is then left to go back home to Manchester by the sea uh, to pick up the pieces um, and sort of see where his family lies a few years from a tragic event. Um, the fact that I actually really like Casey Affleck and think he's in contention. I think Denzel got best actor, but Casey Affleck is in contention, mm-hmm. I would say, to, to cause a big upset. Then again, he's the front runner for many people. Right. And I see why. The way that he acts is sort of like, you can see that there's kind of like a, a burning tension building up behind everything he does and he says, and he's, he's just, you can tell there's, there's something just eating away at his fucking soul. The entire way through, and and, and the the big emotional gut punch unfortunately comes far too early. Mm-hmm. But when it does, oh my god! Like the pieces it goes clack 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 clack. Like that, right. like holy shit! That's why he's doing it. That's why he's so fucked in the head. Mm-hmm. The, and and it just keeps going from there, and it keeps giving you more to work with. Um, however, as much as I like Casey Affleck in this movie, he's not best person in it right actually no no he on a technical standpoint on a technical acting standpoint he is but this movie i think is being a little bit missold mm-hmm. uh, the posters contain him and the character that's playing his wife slash ex-wife in the movie yep uh, and it's very much trying to sell you on maybe a romantic aspect right it's not that it's very much a, a coming of age father son story um and i've got to get this dude's name i'm so sorry he's a he's a relative unknown Okay, it's just loaded. Um, Lucas Hedges plays uh, Patrick, who's the son of Casey Affleck's brother in the movie. Right. And it's very much about... Because he's like 16 years old, something like that. So literally, there's there's a sequence in the movie, and it might be my favourite of it, of he's like, I need you to come over to my girlfriend's house. He's like, why the fuck would I do that? He's like, I need you to talk to her mum so I can fuck her upstairs. He's like, you have to do this for me. And he's like, okay. And he just makes no conversation, just completely cock blocks him. And, you come, and then they get thrown out. It's like, you're a fucking asshole. Oh, Casey. <laughs> he must have so much pent up rage in him. But yeah, Lucas Hedges, I think, would be one to watch. He has been in other movies, including I've Moonrise heard that Kingdom. Name. Lucas Hedges. I, I say, Moonrise Kingdom is a movie I've heard of, but I haven't seen it. Uh, but he's really great in this film. Right. Other cast members include Michelle Williams as Randy, who is the, the wife. Uh, does a really good job towards the end of the movie. In the middle, not so much. Kind of isn't that believable. But when when the tragic stuff is revealed, a lot again, clack, 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 clack. A lot yep. of it falls into place. Sweet. And here's one that I didn't think I'd say, because this is one of the last movies I saw, and I'd seen so many movies with just ridiculously long, long running times. Two hours 20 goes past really quickly. Well, this thing I was going to ask, is it a fun watch? Did you enjoy your time watching Manchester by the Sea? It's interesting and investable, but like a lot of movies on this list, it's not exactly feel good. Right. Because it, it's dealing with a lot of heavy issues. The way that it, it explores it through some moments of relative humour and a Matthew Broderick cameo, for reasons. Wee! Um, he's back, everybody! <laughs> he's back! Um, we missed him so much. Thanks to Godzilla 98. Fucking hell. Um, the, it's just a weird... A weird, it's, I don't know how to quantify it. I think it's engrossing. I think it's very engaging, but it's not something that... that, that Do you feel the need to watch it again? No. seen it once, and I'm happy with that. Um, directed by Kenneth Lonergan, this one. Now, the, if no, you have heard, heard that name him. before, he has had... Am I thinking of Kenny Loggins? <laughs> if, this, if this was directed by the Danger Zone guy, <laughs> I would just be so happy. Um... What he? I'm sure he's had another. I've heard of him. Oscar-nominated movie. I'm sure of it. Surely not. You sure, I, it's I, not I, Kenny Loggins. No, I think this is only like his third movie. So fair play. Do you want me to sing "Danger Zone"? Watch, look. Uh, no. Into the danger zone. Is this, oh, really? They haven't heard me talk for a while, Michael. Running to the danger zone. Really. So his his other movies have included uh, You Can Count on Me and Margaret. Those are his other two movies. Nope. Yeah, they they have received positive buzz, especially Margaret has received a lot of positive buzz. And You Can Count on Me run a lot of other independent awards. But yeah, it's really good, but I wouldn't watch it twice. You don't That's need the to. Thing. A lot of people are heralding this as the one to watch. It's fucking not. 
It really is. It was good, but it's just it's not going to stop any of the big juggernauts. It's a very pretty and very yeah. somber and affecting and touching story, but it's not La La Land. Well, from what I've garnered from um, from all the podcasts I listen to and all the blogs I read, the the one thing that could potentially stop La La Land is Moonlight. Apparently. So, well, you've seen it, Michael. I have. Do do shed some light. Let's do it. Some moonlight. Ah, there's oh, that. I do the jokes in this episode. There's, there's That's what I do. The there we go. Moonlight's really good. Awesome. Yeah, it's really, really good. But I don't, I don't think it'll top it. Oh, right, I okay. don't think it'll top it. But th- this is the thing. These are the two front runners, even in my list, I think. But I'll, may, um, I'll think about that, actually. Moonlight's very, 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 very unique. Mm-hmm. There, I have never seen a movie like this, and that's both good and bad. It deals with such a niche that that I'm I'm genuinely shocked that that the people are finding it so resonating. I'm glad because I think that this movie could actually genuinely help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it focuses on a character called Chiron in three stages of his life: childhood, um, sort of like early adult and grown adult, mm-hmm. and and the way that this dude's life is charted. Showing how he's influenced as a child to become the man he grows into, whether he's happy with that or not, is it's utterly heart wrenching at some points. And there are some great performances put in from this movie. Mahershala Ali's in this movie in the first third. Sadly, doesn't show up for the other two, which is an absolute shame because he's great. He plays a drug dealer who essentially starts bringing up this kid. Um, this isn't really a spoiler alert because this is pretty much covered in the trailers. But like, his mum's a drug addict. And Mahershala Ali plays the guy dealing the drugs. Right. But he finds the kid alone in like a broken down house. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, let me look after you. Mm-hmm. And he teaches him how to swim and does all this cool stuff. And he acts like a father figure, the one that has been missing from Chiron's life, which mm-hmm. is really good. There is a scene in this movie, which I'm not going to spoil entirely because it's kind of, I don't know. Can I, can I spoil this? Darren, shall I spoil this? Yes or no? I'm going to go with no. Okay, I won't spoil what exactly what happened. Mainly because I want to watch this one, and therefore don't want you to yeah, spoil okay, it for me. Fair enough. There, there's, a, there's a scene in this movie um, in the second portion, in the, the mm-hmm. teenage years, where where the two actors playing um, Chiron and his friend, who I believe is called like Kenny or something like that. I'm going to look it up now. Um, that the, It's a very difficult scene to, to film. A very difficult scene to film. Were they off a cliff or something? They were not off a cliff. <laughs> they're, they're on. They're on a beach actually. So when you get to the beach scene, when you when you're watching yeah. this movie, you'll you'll know what's going on. But that scene on the beach is is simultaneously just 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 heart wrenching and 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 soul opening and and must have been a difficult thing for actors of that age to produce. Right. And the fact that they pull it off with such sincerity. Sweet is 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 a great. They're a great credit to this film. This this cast is great. Like, is it Naomi Harris plays the drug addled mom, oh. and she's really good. Like, it, the drug addled mom is good in this. Isn't movie. she Money Penny? Uh, Isn't that Naomi Harris? I think it is. No, I think it was somebody else. I don't know. I'll double check that. All right. But yeah, I just want to. I want to give a a, a shout out to the teen actors. So that's Ashton Sanders and Jarrell Jerome, who play Chiron and Kevin. It is Kevin. Um at the teenage stage, because those two are fucking... Is that the best? I've heard that's the best bit, is the teenage That is the best bit. Well, did the teenagers scare the living shit out of you? I mean... Could they care less as long as someone would bleach? Please don't do this. Well, don't. darken your clothes, I'll strike a violent pose. Fuck you now. Maybe they'll leave you alone. But not me. Not me. Um, t- <laughs> so... <laughs> Janelle Monet is also in this one, and she's also equally as ineffective in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, I do want to give big props again to Andre Holland and Trevante Rhodes who play the adult versions of Chiron and Kevin which again this is one of the things that I I had a problem with Manchester by the Sea for the same reason Mm -hmm. when this movie ends it just fucking ends right movies seem to have forgotten what resolutions are Darren and and, well, and we like and why we like to see the curtails of plots. That's what highbrow tend to do. You just think it's if they not... just miss out an ending, people will think, "Oh, so artistic." Yeah, it's not because <laughs> two movies do it this year: Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight. Both end on a non-ending. Just, they just kind oh. of just go, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, and that's it. And it just ends. Moonlight's the worst offender because it's in the middle of a very, very tense emotional scene, and it just goes, and the movie's oh. over. Bye, bye. I'm like. No, come back. Tell me how that fucking that, scene ended. Is that not affecting, though? That it didn't give you that resolution, therefore, you know, leaves you feeling... No, because it's an incomplete resolution. Right. There is a resolution. 
There okay. is a real realization because this movie is very much concerning with identity, right? And who you are and what makes you who you are. Woo! And it's cool, but it doesn't get resolved. Oh. So therefore, I can't give it top dollar. Okay, right. Well, well done. We got to the end. Fuck That's me. all nine of them. Um, well, voice hurts. Right. In so, in conclusion, yes, we have A.D. Adams dealing with difficult to understand aliens for the first rate movie. Yes. Denzel's one foot in the grave remake. <laughs> yeah. The dude goes west. <laughs> Mel Gibson making us conflicted on several levels again. Yep. Um, the hard to criticise NASA movie. <laughs> Hollywood handjob. Falsely advertised felines. Yep. Casey Affleck cries me a river. Yep. And Cottonmouth by the sea. <laughs> okay. We, we got it. We, we got, got it. it. So what do you... Right. There's two questions. Yes. What do you think should win for best film? I know you've already said La La Land, so is there yeah. any even anything else even creeping into what you think should win the, the best Oscar? Well, whether or not Lion is in contention, we don't All know. Right, Lion's, Lion's, originally Lion was just three question marks until I thought of falsely advertised felines. So <laughs> falsely really advertised, is... yeah, there's no lions in it. I can tell you that for now. So it is falsely advertised. Falsely advertised. Oh, God. Um, so La La Land and Moonlight are probably the two front runners, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, although yeah, but, I, but this is what you sh- think should win. What I think oh. should win. Yeah. I want La La Land to win. Right. That's what I want. Okay. Do I think it should win over the others? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. What do you think will win? I think it's a toss-up. I think La La Land or Moonlight will take it, but I think either has the capacity to take either Best Picture or Best Director. Yeah. And I would be happy. My preferred way around, it would be Best Picture, La La Land, Best Director, uh, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Are you giving the Best Directing nod to a movie that you said you were annoyed with directorial choices? The, I'm, I'm giving it to the, the one that I think has the strongest direction. Right. The fact that he got such a strong, effective performances out of two teenage kids for what is one of the most emotionally charged scenes I think mm. I've ever seen in a weird-ass movie Yeah. that, that you would never see the likes of. Yes, I do. I imagine them sweeping up a lot of I mean, I think I think all the production Oscars are going to go to La La Land. Hopefully. I think, I think that's just nailed on. Unless they, they do like, throw some, like the CGI ones to Star Wars or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I'm, best music obviously is going to go to La La Land as well. Yep. They're, they're going to sweep. Well, listen, there's, there's nothing outside of these nine movies that's going to pick up anything substantial. I no. Afford. These are going to move. Nothing that we care much. about. No. Um, what you've sold me on, I do want to watch Arrival. Uh, uh, that that I'm looking forward to. Uh, you have not sold me on Denzel's One Foot in the Grave. Remake. I didn't think I'm I would. On that one. Uh, Hell or High Water, just no one seems to really all that interested. Like, if this was like a shorter pool, like they only had like six movies, I'm guessing Hell or High Water wouldn't be one of the six to be picked. No, it wouldn't, which is a shame because it's a very, very good film. There's a scene in the gas station. If nothing else, watch that. Right. Um, so, uh, Haxel Ridge... I didn't want to say that. If I was going to pick three movies, if I had to pick three, I think I'd go with um, I'd go with Haxel Ridge for definite. Yeah. I think I have to go and watch La La Land. Yes, you do. And then it's a it's a straight um, it's a straight. I know I'm going to watch Hidden Figures, but it wouldn't necessarily be in my top three. Yeah. I go with either Moonlight or Arrival. Mm. I'm more of a sci-fi nerd than I am like a true mark true marketing true movie person. So I think I'd probably go with Arrival. Yeah. Um, but when you started saying all that sciencey wine pseudo weirdo bullshit, I was like, ah, I could do without that. Um, yeah, again, yeah. They, don't, they don't drop those things by name, but like, no. just to give you an idea of what it's playing with, it's fucking complicated. High concept Amy Adams dealing with difficult to communicate. Adam, uh, Adams? She's an <laughs> Adam. Difficult to communicate Adams. It's been Adams. a long day, what Michael. What is this? <laughs> what is this? She picks up the Oscar. <laughs> what, what is this? this? What is this? Why, Why did you say my name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. The Martha goes to... Oh, shit. Uh, I mean, what I want to happen is it for it to come out that Fenty's wins the best Oscar. It turns out that it just narrowly beat out Moonlight. So once again, Viola Davis has chucked... Um, say his name? Mahershala Ali. Just out of a window. <laughs> just to keep that theme going. Yeah. Luke Cage predicted the Oscars. It's fucking Machiavelli. It's beautiful. Right. There you go, Michael. Fuck I got me. you your Oscar movie, uh, Oscar podcast, and it required me to watch exactly zero Oscar movies. <laughs> I did intend to. We should say I did intend to watch it. It's just I've had a lot of work on, and, and it just hasn't been possible. But we are about to have an uptick in movie um, reviews. We have Lego Batman and uh, John Wick Two. They're in the um, bag. They're either, they'll they'll probably go out now yeah, they'll or, probably go or at some point. Um, we have Logan wrecking for a Wolverine. He's nearly on our doorstep as of next week. Um, and yet we're starting to get into the flow of things. Things will come thick and fast. Yeah, March is looking good. Power Rangers is coming up. 
Um, God, what's going to happen? Yeah, maybe they'll get nominated for an Oscar next year. You probably not. Yeah. Um, what else is coming up in March? There's some, there's some other good ones. I've mm. texted you like four. You have texted me quite a few, but yeah, there, there's there's a fair few things coming out, and I'm stalling for time as I can find my big old list of films 2017. There it is. Here we go. Um, yeah, we've got Logan, Kong Skull Island, Beauty and the Beast, Power Rangers, and Ghost in the Shell. Five big old movies are coming in March, and we're going to have reviews for, hopefully... Some of them. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I'm going to set our goals a little low. Yeah. All I'm going to say is that this end of year movie podcast is mainly going to be me. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of movies. You're not going to have any Mum Smith stuff, whereas I probably no. am at the rate I'm currently going. But like, there yeah, we did go. you see anything in January? Assassin's oh, Creed. Assassin's Creed, yeah. God, that's, that's been my year. That was my year until I watched John Wick. I'd seen Assassin's Creed and that was all. Wow. Oh, um, that left you in a great mood. A wonderful move. That was a good podcast, though. I enjoyed that one. Yay. Right. You can follow me on Twitter at the You can go check out ProWrestling.net if you want to hear some wrestling stuff. And also, probably by the time you hear this, hopefully the uh, my massive re- uh, review of every single Zelda game, with some exceptions, will be available on FeralEntertainment.com. Maggle! You can follow me personally at that going, or you can go and follow the site on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Minds, and also on IM under the name Toy Literature. But everything else under the name FeralEntertainment. Uh, foul ENT, that's F-O-U-L-E-N-T thank you very much for listening to this special Oscar edition that will unfortunately go up after the Oscars let's see if I'm right guys I probably am bye everybody bye <laughs>